People of Earth, your attention please. This is Pete from FrequencyCast, the award-winning TV and tech radio show. For us, this is a rather unusual little show, as we've been out and about at a sci-fi convention. Before you ask, there was lots of tech, and also lots of TV series to talk about, such as Trek, Firefly, Star Wars, Doctor Who and much more. Kelly and I descended on the London Film and Comic Con in July 2012 for their preview and press night. And, as it was Kelly's first experience of a sci-fi convention, it was lots of fun. Even in the queue, we found a number of people really entering into the spirit of things. Here's Andy in the queue to tell us who he'd come as. I'm wearing the uh, costume worn by the 10th Doctor in Doctor Who. Um, that'd be David Tennant. And very good you are. So you've got the tie, you've got the, the, the trench coat, you've got the uh, correctly coloured trainers. Superb, very impressed. So uh, we're here at London Film and Comic Con 2012. You're in the haven't bought my tickets yet queue by the looks of it, is that fair? Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's fair to say. I did bought my ticket but payday was after. Uh, just tell me, what are you looking forward to uh, here today? Uh, well I wouldn't have come today if I didn't find out that there was uh, free Wi-Fi in the convention this, this weekend. Okay, and I think you're very brave being one of the few people in, uh, in costume here. I'm sure everyone will be changed when we get inside the building. But uh, well done Andy and uh, from your friends a big round of applause I think. And he wasn't the last Doctor we met. So we moved inside the convention, into the Olympia Grand Hall in London no less, and with me was one rather scared-looking Kelly. Well, there's a lot of people here dressed up as, I think, superheroes. I don't really know who they are. There's one man that's walking around with a shotgun. I've seen a lot of people with very crazy hair. We're in what's called the signing hall at the moment. And just uh, paint a picture for me, Kelly. Well, at the moment, there's a lot of people here in a lot of queues with a lot of pictures waiting for quite a lot of autographs. You're not wrong. And let's just have a look around here. I've picked out some people I would love to go and see if we can, uh, we can go and have a chat to. Uh, over there, someone you wouldn't have heard of, Jane Badler from V. Ring any bells? No, I'm afraid not. 1980s sci-fi film where she had to eat a hamster. And they reimagined it a couple of years ago. Uh, very, very unusual, but uh, definitely worth a watch if you like a bit of weird sci-fi. I don't know how I feel about watching anybody eat a hamster, though. Over there to my right, uh, two people I would love to go and see, both from Firefly. We have Adam Baldwin, of course, who played the man they call Jane, and Jules State, who was the engineer Kaylee. wonder if we'll be able to go and see them. Uh, we've also just bumped into... Gates McFadden, who is of course Dr. Beverly Crusher from the Enterprise, and uh, all sorts of other weird and wonderful people that we're going to see if we can uh, go and have a little chat with later. The other side of the exhibition, there's a lot of different stalls selling a lots of different geeky memorabilia. Um, there is an entire aisle dedicated to comics, as you would expect, as well as lots of different bits and pieces, including a create your own superhero. More on the hall later, but first an extract of our interview with the lizard lady herself, Jane Badler. And if you haven't seen the end of the second series of the all-new V, be warned, spoiler alert. Hi, it's so nice to be here in London at the London Comic Con. And you've got a huge queue of people desperate to meet you and shake hands with Diana, leader of the Vs. Well, it's, it's dying down after three hours. It's really, it's exciting. It's really exciting. So obviously we saw you in your red outfit back in the, in the 80s. How was it to, uh, to film V? 
Well, it was incredibly exciting. You know, I was uh, young and uh, it was my first big series. I was doing soap operas in New York. So um, I was incredibly excited when I got V and when I worked on V. And of course, more recently, we've had The Revival, which has hit the UK. We've all been watching it. It's on one of the sci-fi channels and uh, massive fan. I don't like what happened to you at the end of series two, but maybe spoiler alert for those that haven't heard it. But uh, I think everyone's probably heard of it by now. But uh, yeah, no, I actually didn't know what they were going to do to me till about four days before we were filming it. And I could see all these strange, sad looks on people's faces. And finally, I went, OK, everybody, how come everyone knows what's happening except me? And then I read the script and no, I wasn't particularly happy. <laughs> I know, that's very, very sad. Is there any chance of seeing V come back in any form, do you think? I've heard of uh, Project Alice, which I know is, is campaigning very hard to get V back on the screens. Uh, is that something you'd, uh, you'd be willing to do again? You know, I, I, I think it's fantastic that people want us back, but everyone's moved on to other projects. It's going to be very difficult to get a team, the same team. They'd have to almost move into another generation of of V's. So um, who knows though, you never know. Bring back V. There's a full version of our interview with the lovely Jane Badler up on our website. And later in the show, an extra special interview with The Man in Black. Now, we promised you some more Doctor, and we found his rather familiar time and space device. Well, I'm looking at an authentic TARDIS and better still, an authentic K9. And I'm here with Dale. Dale, why are you here? Actually, we're raising money with a, a company called Iconic Legion, uh, who do charity fundraising, Dogs Trust, uh, Cherish Memories for Terminally Ill Children, that sort of thing. So we thought we'd go all out, so we brought the TARDIS down. But you've got, uh, you've got an authentic doctor there with the, the dicky bow and everything. Oh, we'll have three of those tomorrow. We'll have four, seven and eleven tomorrow. Oh, go on then. Four. Four, uh, Tom Baker? Yes. Oi. Do I win a prize? No. Go on, get to be classed geek of the day. Excellent. Are you impressed that I knew Tom Baker was the fourth Doctor? I'm very impressed that you got classed as geek of the day, actually. Kelly, you're at a sci-fi convention. Are you loving it? I just... Kelly's not loving it at all. But Kelly, it's all right because I feel your pain. Do you know why they have Disney characters at a sci-fi convention? It's the only thing that's making me feel remotely close to home right now. Uh, it's, it's because everybody has a passion for something. So some people, Doctor Who and TARDISes, some people have passion for, for Disney dresses. <laughs> very enchanted, isn't it? She, to me, it looks like she's wearing a very large white meringue, but I'm probably wrong. But in Enchanted she is, she's about to get married. You get the urge to suddenly sing a happy working song. So Iconic Legion, presumably you go out to shows like this and go out and meet the public and show off your, uh, your stuff? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's always good to meet the public and you know, they're usually very supportive of, of sl the slightly unusual to raise money for, for good charities and good causes. And you know, we do various other bits and bobs, um, even do dogs trust shows in the middle of fields. That was fun to get the Daleks to, I tell you. Could you get canine jumping through hoops of fire and that sort of thing? K9 does one thing very well that his TV counterpart does just as well, and that's breakdown. Ah, yes, I've heard many of the stories. So is this actually the K9, or one of the K9s? This is one of the exhibition K9s. Uh, this was actually in Brighton Exhibition for a very long time. It got completely wrecked by all the, all the customers going in and out all day, every day. And now he lives with me and, and the TARDIS and the silent called Bob. Now, as we're a tech radio show, it's only right that we track down the best tech we can when we're out and about. And this was courtesy of our friends at Firebox.com. We were surprised to see them at the convention, so we had a chat. Here's Paul with a rather unusual job title. 
I'm the head of personalised products. Um, I actually invent um, or come up with the ideas of anything you can personalise yourself. So if you can put your name on it or add a photo to it or upload a photo, we'll turn it into a product and it'll be amazing. Now, what we've got here is some rather unusual heads-on spikes, which I wasn't quite expecting, and some superhero uh, figurines. Tell me what's going on here. We've uh, come up with a product where um, the customer uploads two photos of themselves, um, sort of passport style, one headshot, um, close side and straight on. We then turn that into a 3D render um, and print it on a uh, fancy 3D printer, which then allows the customer to pop it onto any action figure they want to be. So they could be Superman or Wonder Woman or Spider-Man and be a different person for every day of the week, basically. And, and how are these done? You say on a printer, and obviously these are three-dimensional. My printer is only two-dimensional. How, how are you doing that then? There's this amazing technology that's been around for a little while called 3D printing, which is just like a desktop printer you get at home, which is like an inkjet. But instead of printing on the paper, it builds up layers of um, ink and um, this kind of powdered material and different colours as well. Um, and we turn it into full-colour heads. And it's um, quite amazing. Even NASA are looking into this for putting it into um, the orbiting space stations. So if an astronaut loses a spanner, NASA can email them a new spanner, which just blows my mind every time I think about it. Oh, now that is awesome. Oh, I like the idea of that. number of times I've said, yeah, can you fax me a spare pencil or something like that? That's, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like the idea of that. I'm assuming these, uh, these printers aren't 99 quid at PC World, though, are they? Um, no, they're a little bit more expensive. Um, the price ranges on how many colours you want, if you want colour and they can go up to any sort of amount you can imagine really but they're designed to work in the office so they they're the size of um, a couple of filing cabinets right down to actually desktop ones which will just sit there and um, do like three colors three basic colors but yes they're not cheap but they are amazing okay so looking at this you've got um, figures of superheroes i can see uh, we've got a, a, a new and an old style batman a captain america uh, and a Wonder Woman there and some heads so presumably you send these photos and you get a head and a body is that right? Yeah and you can actually pick any body you want as well so we um, offer a range of bodies on firebox.com and you can just choose whoever you want and if you get bored of the body that you actually get sent because of the size of the head it'll actually fit onto any six inch character so you can just pop your head off blue tack it or super glue it onto another person so monday you could be wonder woman tuesday you could be batgirl wednesday you could be spider-man wonderful right i'm going to turn to kelly now you've been looking longingly is it wonder woman you're after there have i got that right no i want to be Catwoman. uh now is there a Catwoman here we don't have one right now but um i'm sure if you ask nicely i could get you a Catwoman. <laughs> So how would you feel about having your head stuck upon a figure of Catwoman? I'd be more than happy to have my head stuck on a figure of Catwoman. It would mean I would not need to go to the gym anymore. I could just take pictures of her. Can you meow for us? Meow. Very good. And uh, will you get the ears with Catwoman? Um, I'm sure we could arrange something. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So if uh, our listeners want one of these, I'm assuming these are something that can be ordered from, uh, from Firebox? That's correct. Just uh, pop onto our website. Um, there'll be a picture of a superhero on the front page. It's actually me, so you'll get a little bit bored of my face. Just roll through the process of um, ordering it, upload two photos. Um, we then approve the photos. Maybe they're not lit quite properly or something, because we want to make sure we get the perfect photo from you to give you a really good representation of a 3D model. And then, sort of a couple of weeks later, you end up with a superhero in your letterbox. Wow, a truly personalised present. Can you see this taking off? Oh, I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I could imagine just being like the Hulk or something really beefy with a nice feminine face. Go on then, who would you see me as out of this little collection? I reckon you'd make a good Wonder Woman. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Kelly. And just for that, we'll be putting up that picture of you waving a lightsaber about up on our show notes. Hmm. We'll also be putting up a picture of the Firebox Kelly Catwoman creation as soon as it arrives. So keep an eye on FrequencyCast, 
www.ofcom.co.uk forward slash LFCC. Now, as promised, an extra special interview. We were lucky enough to speak to Dave Prowse, the man in black himself. Before talking about his most famous role, I asked him about another influential role, that of the Green Cross Code Man. When I did the Green Cross Code, I was six foot seven, and I weighed about 20 stone at the time. Like, I was quite big and muscular with it, like, you know. And, um, and it was quite strange, actually, because I got Star Wars and the Green Cross Code at exactly the same time. And they came out also exact, almost at exactly the same time. And the Green Cross Code campaign became the most successful road safety campaign that there's ever been. We actually, I think we saved something in the region of a quarter of a million children's lives over the period 1976 to 90. And a lot of it was due to the fact that all the kids knew that the Green Cross Code man was really Darth Vader. And it was Darth Vader talking to them about road safety, you know. I used to do talks around the schools. And I used to end the talk. I had a little bit of time left over at the end of the school. I used to say, right, any, anybody got any questions you want to ask me? Like, you know, I saw about 300 kids in front of me. Like, I never, ever got one question about road safety. Never one. <laughs> Every question I got was about Star Wars, yeah. Uh, so you, you mentioned a lot of people wanted to ask you about Star Wars. Obviously, that's a, a, an amazing role for you. Uh, what sort of questions do you get asked? Well, the very first question you know, they ever get asked is, well, how, how did you ever get the part? And I said, well, it was, it was quite strange, actually, because I, I did a very famous film in 1970, which was Stan, Stanley Kubrick's Clockwork Orange. And fortunately for me, Lucas saw it in 1971. came out very briefly in 1971. And then, um, because of all the um, terrible publicity it got when it came out, um, Stanley Kubrick decided to take it off the circuit. He said, well, that's it. No, nobody will ever see this film again. And they, they, they actually didn't, because it, it wasn't until he died they re-released the movie. But in that very short period that the film was out in 1971, Lucas saw the film in, in, in California and, um, and remembered me. And, um, and he came over to London in 76, um, set himself up in the 20th Century Fox offices in, in, in London and said to the managing director of 20th Century, he said, to, he said, do me a favor, he said, can you find this guy Dave Prowse for me? And uh, so I got called in to see George and I said, well, if you don't mind me asking, how did you know of me? He said, oh, he said, I saw you in, I saw you in Stanley Kubrick's Clockwork Orange. He said, if you're good enough for Stanley Kubrick, you're good enough for me. Like, and that was it. I mean, I didn't have to act, I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to read or he showed me all these conceptual drawings around the room. And then um, he said, well, he said, I'd like to offer you one of two parts in this movie I'm doing. And uh, I said, what are the two parts? He said, well, the first one's a character called Chewbacca. And I said, what the hell's Chewbacca? And he says, like a, it's like a hairy gorilla that goes through the film on the goodies. And I said, oh, God, no. And no, I said, you, you know, I don't fancy that at all. And I said, well, what's the other part? And he said, well, the other one's the big villain of the film, character called Darth Vader. I said, George, I said, don't, don't say anymore. I said, I'll take the villain's part. He said, and he said, Dave, he said, I think you've made a great decision. He said, because nobody will ever forget Darth Vader. And here we are 30-odd years later. You know, travelling around the world on the back of dark, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Although I'm not entirely sure that the uh, the costume would be more comfortable than the uh, Chewbacca outfit. Oh, I don't know. I think they were both as bad as each other, actually. And of course, you know, we filmed Star Wars in the you know during the hottest summer we've ever had in Great Britain, which is you know 1976. And uh, I mean, we we just sweated buckets. And I mean, Peter in the Chewbacca outfit and me in the Darth Vader suit. Did you manage to keep any souvenirs from uh, from on set at Star Wars? No, nothing, nothing whatsoever. Well, I'm not one for for nicking, sort of you know, stealing pieces of sort of furniture or, or you know, uh, souvenirs from the from the sh- shows, and I, it, it never never occurs to me. Like you know, I, 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 I did the film. I, I was I was dying to get away from it, to be perfectly honest, because I I've just I started doing the Green Cross Code commercials, and the, I was getting all these requests to go out and give talks around the schools and things like that. You know, as luck would have it, it became it became the phenomenon that it is. You know, yeah. 
So obviously we're here today at the uh, London Film and Comic Con 2012. Do you enjoy getting out to meet the fans? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, I, I do. I, well, I, I practically do nothing else but this now. I travel all over the world. I'm, I'm somewhere in the world, like almost. I won't say every weekend, but most most weekends. I'm, um, I'm, I'm traveling around doing, doing shows like this. You know, I, I do quite, quite a few in America, quite a few on the continent as well. I got one lined up for, for Madrid, I got another one lined up for Lausanne in Switzerland, I got, I got them lined up all, all over America, Mexico, uh, you, you name it practically. There's hardly anywhere that I've not gone actually. I mean, Japan is very, very big as well. And do you still watch any science fiction, either films or TV? Ever, I think I've, ever, I've only ever seen Star Wars once or twice. I've only, yeah, I've. Um, I've never been one for you know going to see it time and time and time again like a lot of people do, uh, and I, I'm not a huge sci-fi fan. You know, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Star Trek. I've met all the Star Trek people, you know, and I, and I got on very very well with them all. Like you know, but I hate to admit to them that I've never, I've never actually seen an episode of it. And before we left, we pointed Dave in the direction of a stall selling the box set of the Next Generation. Thanks very much to Dave for talking to us. As well as picking up some interviews, we also looked at the memorabilia stalls. You name it, they had it. And Kelly found a rather unusual stand with paper androids and spaceships. Here's Martin to explain more. I started up folding origami models at university. You start with the basics. I decided not to. I threw myself straight into the most advanced book I could find because I wanted stuff that I could display that would look good. And when I first started creating my own models, the X-Wing came to mind. It's folded from the same base as a frog so it's got the four legs and the body and you can see how it comes together i then branched out got various i got the millennium falcon the star destroyer and i just carried on on a roll absolutely i must i must admit it was the millennium falcon i think and the tie fighter lovely black tie fighter at the back there that got me Uh, how long did this take to make i mean it varies to design them some of them have taken months before i've got a design I'm happy with. The R2-D2 that you can see, that's two hours of folding because there's lots of pre-creasing to get it. It's very geometric and you want it to collapse to give it the domed head and the legs, but it all comes together nice and neatly. And I see a sign here that presumably is the National Society uh, to do with origami, would that be right? Yes, there's many societies across the globe. Um, I'm a member of the British Origami Society. That has conventions throughout the year, and we also do outreach to beginners. Here at the Comic-Con, we have a table where people passing by sit down and fold. We've got a variety of beginners' models for people to try and fold themselves. Okay, so if I wanted to show off to my friends and family my love of the original uh, Star Wars trilogy, how would I uh, get hold of um, uh, the books for for these products? Well, currently I don't have a book published. Because of licensing issues, you can't just go ahead and self-publish, which is what most people do these days in the origami industry. But I have a website, www.starwarigami.co.uk, and that links to my Facebook page. You can click on Like. The more likes I get, the stronger case I have to get a license, and then maybe in a year's time we'll be able to bring these diagrams to print and be able to share them with the world. Perhaps we can ask anyone listening to this to give you a like. Uh, what's your Facebook uh, page like name? It's Facebook slash Star Warigami. Excellent, Martin. We shall see what we can do. Thank you very much. It's very, very impressive bits of paper folding there. I might even see if Kelly's up for a little, uh, little try. Could you do me a, a Millennium Falcon in the next 10 minutes? I don't think I could do it in the next 10 minutes, although I have been known to do a lot of origami before. Have you really? What have you done before? Well, to be honest, I've only really got to detail dinosaurs and jumping frogs. That's about as far as I've managed. I don't feel like I'm at the R2-D2 stage yet, but I could get there, I think. More details up on our website. Before we go, a look at a few other sites from our day at London Film and Comic-Con 2012. Before Kelly fell in love with an impressive car, she also got distracted by yet more doctors. 
There's a multitude of doctors here this evening, which is great. There's no need for a St John's ambulance. That is very true. Yes, we've seen the doctor. Of course, a little bit earlier we saw a canine as well. Uh, you popped into the police box, didn't you, the TARDIS? Of course I did. It'd be rude not to. And we've got the film Batmobile over there, which is an awesome piece of tech. I think I got a picture of you stroking the Batmobile earlier. I would have like just thrown myself across it, but apparently you're not allowed to do that sort of thing here. You know, health and safety and everything now. Clearly not. And uh, it's a very unusual place. There's a lot of people walking around in costumes. I haven't actually seen a Klingon yet, but I think we've seen just about everything but. Definitely a lot of doctors, definitely a lot of Star Wars going on here, and a lot of stands. Now, there's all sorts of weird stuff. I've fallen in love with the Star Trek stand over there, which does all the official insignia and badges. I'm sad to say I actually know what some of those badges mean, which ones are the Voyager ones and which ones are the next generation ones. You're cringing now, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. I'm really sorry. But I did know who the fourth Doctor was. You did. It was very impressive, actually. Well done. Showing off my geeky credentials there, that's good stuff. Now clearly this is the place to come if you're into your science fiction. Not only can you buy just about any piece of merchandise or any autograph that you want, but there are a whole bunch of stars hanging around just waiting to be spoken to. And you can get to go up and uh, get an autograph and a photo with a whole host of sci-fi stars. So Kelly, that wraps up our look at London Film and Comic-Con 2012. Have you had a good day? I have actually thoroughly enjoyed myself. Have your eyes been opened? Oh, very definitely. I don't think I'm ever going to see anything like this again. It is real geek fest territory, isn't it? But uh, you're looking slightly less confused than you were earlier. I think secretly we could convert you, you know. I quite like the commitment they put in, you know. That could make me convert. And I love fancy dress. Well, as a Wonder Woman outfit, you wouldn't mind trying on for me over there if, uh, if I could do No, no. Not happening. Sorry. More details and some photos up on our website. The address is... www.frequencycast.co.uk forward slash LFCC We hope you've enjoyed our look at London Film and Comic Con 2012. Something rather unusual for us, and we'll be featuring extracts of our show in the next full-length show, due out on the 1st of August. If you're new to Frequency Cast, here's a quick summary of what we do. What have you got there? Ah, this is the latest bit of kit. Usually the station, uh, ham radio, is operated by those uh, astronauts who stay on station several months at the time. Have the top-up TV anytime box. We are absolutely disgusted with the service. We're measuring Carl's EEG. His retention level was in sort of the bottom third. I think he's a lost cause, in all honesty. And in breaking news, it looks like a new Freeview HD channel will be with us soon. This year's European Podcast Award 2010. The winner for the non-profit is Frequency Cast. After 200 yards... Turn right. We've just officially been given the world record for the lightest touchscreen mobile phone in the world. I can send a text to Frequency Cast for you. That's true, I can now control my TV from my iPhone. Now, it's a darkened room you live in, isn't it, normally? Stay up to date with the latest TV and tech news with our free radio shows. To listen to our shows online, download the shows as a podcast or add the shows to iTunes, go to www.frequencycast.co.uk Frequency Cast. Special report. Shutdown complete.